Hello, hello, hello. This is Mary at Mary Unapologetic. How are you all folks doing today? I actually don't have any special guests today. It's just me, myself, and I. <laughs> I I figured, you know what, this is my topic today is actually empowering kids or empower kids. So I figured I will just be talking about it from my own experience and from what I have experienced out there and what I think the kids nowadays need as far as it's not just good parenting, it's not just disciplining, it's also motivating them. How to motivate them to become good at what they do for them to actually reach their full potential. Each kid is different. So we have to figure out, it's almost like being a psychologist, you know. I have kids and each one of them is more different. And for me to motivate each one of them, I have to analyze and figure out what will motivate each one of them. Because like I said, they're all different. But anyways, um, the only reason why I want to tap into this topic is because I think when as adults have kids, it's very important to not just, you know, not just discipline children, but also to give them the power to become good or, you know, to become productive young people. And in order to do that, we have to make them feel good, make them positive, positive about themselves give them the self-esteem and the confidence that they actually need. Okay, so let's start then. I believe that each child holds his or her greatness and by us making them believe in themselves will help them accomplish their dreams or goals in life, of course. And hopefully these young people will reach their full potential. As a parent, I would love for each of my child to reach their full potential. Even with my husband, you know, um, we have a business. He, you know, we do our own marketing. We create stuff for our advertising and marketing. And for me to motivate him or to uh, give give him inspiration, I want to empower him. And that's what I've been doing since we started our business. So for me, I believe that we should apply this to also our children, because if we apply this to our children or this motivation, give our children some motivation, then hopefully they will become productive young people like what they want. I mean, like what we want them to be, right? We don't want them to be dependent on us. We don't want them to be nuisance when they become young adults. So anyways, in order for us to empower kids, we have to understand the why. Why are we doing it? The what? And when you actually do it? And who is going to do it? So let's analyze the why. But before we analyze the why, I would like to give the definition of empowerment. According to the Oxford Dictionary, it is defined as the process of becoming stronger and more confident, especially in controlling one's life and claiming one's rights. So the way I look at it, empowerment, I mean, empowerment is like when you encourage someone to feel good about themselves. And then when they feel good about themselves, then they become productive people and then they become better creator, a better creative person. So let's go back to analyzing the why. If we empower our kids, they will feel like they do count as human beings. And when they do count as human beings, they feel capable and they, you know, and they will realize that they play a role of creator in their own lives and futures. And so basically that's what we do now as adults. 
when we raise our kids and we want them to be productive young people, like to be like us, then we want them to realize this at a young age that, you know, that they can be, you know, they can have control of their lives, that they can make their own decisions, that they can be productive. And once they feel like that they have all of this, it will give them confidence and self-esteem. Well, another thing that I wanted to point out as to why are we doing this is that we want to give them or encourage their independence because allowing children to have a say in their lives and make choices helps them to be independent. So if they're independent, then it will make our lives easier as parents, right? Because they are able to make their own decisions. Now, the question is, hopefully they will make good decisions. That comes with self-esteem. By us empowering them, that will affect their self-esteem. This, the, the, another thing I wanted to um, mention here is that, you know, part of the why is the developing self-respect. When they develop self-respect because they are empowered, it will enable them to be to better respect and value others. So what that means is that they will just not consider their own self, that they will also consider other people's feelings and will give them an idea that, hey, we need to respect others and we need to treat others as they want to be treated correct? Okay. Another good of why we should empower our kids is that they will become better learners. So empowering children actually will make them better learners. Imagine a confident, independent child has the best chance of being an effective learner. And if they are better learners, then they will go far or get far in life. You know, hopefully, you know, I believe that those people that are empowered and making right decisions, you know, the ones that are confident in themselves, they usually are more productive and make less errors as opposed to the one that doesn't have self-esteem and confidence. Okay, so let's talk about the what. When I say the what, it means what are we you know, figuring out by empowering the children. Well, by empowering the children, we're going to give the children a high self-esteem instead of a low self-esteem. Have you ever have any friends that you've noticed they've always complained and nag and, you know, excuse my language, bitch about everything in life. It's like they're never happy. You know, and I just think that the reason why they are like that, it's because they don't have self-esteem. They don't have confidence in themselves. So they see everything negative. And when they see everything negative, they don't realize that they complain about it. And then they, you know, complain about it to their family, to their friends, or to whoever is willing to listen. And... Even if we give them good advice or we help them out as far as what they're complaining about, they don't see it from our standpoint if we are trying to be positive about it and trying to help them with their problems because they just are not convinced. And why are they not convinced? It's all, you know, a little bit of psychology here. Maybe those adults have problems with self-esteem. And it all started when they were young kids, you know, when they were when they were little. So the what is in in empowering children would be giving them high self-esteem and confidence about themselves. And it makes a difference because, you know, give self-esteem to the kids they will feel invigorated and it will motivate them to do good. And it will also, you know, um, make them blossom. You know, it will probably make them more, 
more independent and more creative and and it will boost their morale and their self-esteem to a point that it will actually heavily influences their choices and their decision making in life so having self-esteem let me repeat that having self-esteem is important why because when you make um decision if you have high self-esteem you tend to make good decision or good choices in life but if you don't have high self-esteem or confidence you tend to not see things or not to make good choices in life so it's very important life is about making choices right because every day if you think about it okay every day starting from the morning when you wake up you're already making choices should i brush my teeth before i leave the house should i brush my hair what clothes should i wear oh what should i do today what prior- what priority should i prioritize you know as far as work as far as kids as far as house chores so the minute we wake up in the morning we are already making choices and prioritizing what's important is also part of the choices we make in life so in other words self esteem serves a motivational function by making it more or less likely that people will take care of themselves and explore their full potential so for me when i make decisions in the morning of what i'm going to do i'm always thinking i want to reach my full potential today my you know i want to be able to function at a full capacity i want to be as productive as i can be today than yesterday so that way i know i am being productive as a person that i am getting things done because if i'm not productive i don't feel good about myself i don't know about you folks but this is me if i'm not if i didn't get anything done in a day or if i got a little bit of stuff done in a day i feel like i could have done more and it's probably true that i could have done more right so in the morning when i wake up I have already an agenda of what I'm going to do. So that way I can reach my full potential in order for me to be able to do as much as I can every day to reach my full capacity of what I can do in one day. So I believe this is just my opinion. You know, like I said, I'm not a I'm not a psychologist, but I <laughs> psychology is my favorite subject though. And I did take um child development class. So it's almost like studying how child behave from the minute that they were born. So my point is um for me having a high self-esteem also it means that you're not easily influenced. by your surroundings other people or situations that will come across your way so when i said that is that if you really think about it our you know sometimes i sit here and i'm thinking wow what has happened in our world right now you know i mean we have the pandemic we have all this um news outlet you know some of them are fake news some of them are not we have all this uh, misinformation that's going around we have people having opinions about things that they don't know you know really about or they don't know extent you know they don't have extensive information about um so and then they're having an opinion or trying to convince other people to do it there's a lot of um you know lying going or you know lying going around like lying to people or being lied to so if if someone is secure and have 
high self-esteem and the confidence in his or herself, that person will not be easily influenced by others. And that's what we want our children to be. We want our children to be able to think for themselves, to be able to question the who, what, why, where, and who will benefit from the information that's been given out to get to the truth. Because life is about finding what's the truth, right? If you don't want to find out what the truth is, then you're living in lies. So if you're living in lies, then... Pretty much, I don't know how much of a productive person you can be if you're living in lies. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if you're living in your own lies. (laughs) So um, in life, when I was growing up, it's pretty much right and wrong. There's nothing in between. The law itself, you know, I've heard about it, that there's no gray area because the law is written, it's either right or wrong. And the law wouldn't be written in a, you know, having to be in the gray area, because if there's a gray area, no one can interpret that. There's always going to be like, you know, someone's wrong. No, not, you know, um, people are going to get confused. So for me, what I follow is that what's right and what's wrong. And if we make exceptions for those people that are doing bad, such as lying Uh, cheating and uh, taking advantage of someone or people, then if we accept that and we condone that, then we have become part of the problem where instead of being a solution, we have become part of the problem. So for me, I don't accept that. For me, the way I look at it, it's either right or wrong. Now, here's the thing. Listening to other people, obviously, if they explain themselves and we have different views and they carefully explain themselves and make me see it their way, I'll be happy to admit it and say, you know what, you have a point. Maybe my point of view is not, you know, not as right as I thought it would be. And I'm always willing to change my point of view if somebody can you know, change my mind. So if you're going to do that, you better be a good (laughs) uh, debater to be able to debate your way into my uh, thinking. (laughs) Anyways, going back to the self-esteem, I actually believe that when someone has a high self-esteem and a confidence in themselves, you know, such as our kids, if they have this in them, then they will be secure enough that they will be able to control their emotions as far as making choices or decisions in life. That hopefully that they will not be reacting out of their emotions when they're making decisions, right? Because that's what we want Um, our kids to be doing, to be using their heads rather than emotions. Because if they use their emotions, emotions can lead them to the wrong path. Like when I was growing up, my mom used to say all the time to me, you better think about what you're about to make. As far as decisions, you better think about it 10 times before you make that choice. Because if you don't, then you might regret it. And I, till to this day, Remember that and live by that. That's an advice that my mom, <laughs> uh, that, uh, you know, that my mom gave me that I hold very, very close to my heart because I believe in it, you know. Okay, so let's figure out the when. When do we teach or empower or start empowering our kids? I think for me, from, you know, my opinion, as early as they can understand like the earlier they understand, the earlier they can understand, you know, the value of encouragement and, you know, boosting their morale and having confidence, the better it is for them. And the only reason why I said that is because um, it's actually, there's a written um, article about it that, Kids, when they're little, 
it's, you know, the resilience as well as they are fast learners because their brain, and this is true, you can, you guys can research it. The toddler's brains or the kid's brains, they're, you know, why they're, you know, why their head's so big because it can hold all this information. It will absorb all the information that you give them. So if you give them as much information when they're little kids, they will absorb it and remember it really quickly compared to us adults. And I don't know, I don't know if there's a study about it that, you know, why adults doesn't learn fast anymore. I think maybe because our brains slow down. I don't know. But, you know, why the toddler usually, you know, their heads usually bigger than their bodies is because they have these big brains and the big brains, you know, their big brains actually wants to hold as much information as they can absorb. That's why if you teach them at a young age, they will learn right away. So for me is teaching, you know, or empowering your kids as early as you can will give them confidence and also self-esteem. And when they do that, or when they have that, it will make them more of a creative person and they will blossom. They will like, you know, uh, they wouldn't be afraid to try new things. They will be open-minded to things. And why do we want them to be open-minded to things? Because if they are open-minded to things, then that means they are, you know, they will learn things fairly quickly compared to someone who's uh, close-minded. For me, I have always um, heard that to be a close-minded person is not a good thing. It's got, a, maybe maybe to some people, they might disagree with me, but for me, it has a disadvantage. If you're close-minded, you don't know what's out there, you know, and you don't know what you're going to learn if you don't want to learn. So technically in life, we need to be open-minded to things. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, going to the extreme, obviously you have to have boundaries, you know, or you have to have like limit of what you want to take in and, and learn. But for me, learning new things from other people, if they have a valid point, I don't mind doing it because who knows, maybe it will lead me. I mean, it would lead me to new opportunities, but if I'm close minded and and I don't want to like take a chance and I don't want to like learn, then it will be a setback for me. You know, it will be like me not learning new things. And every day there's new things to learn in life. You know, I mean, look at our technology. It's like, you know, if you think about it, 10 years ago, we didn't have Apple. We didn't have Google. We didn't have this and that as far as technology, then suddenly we have it. And then it's almost like fast forward. We've had all these things that we, you know, we didn't expect to have like electric cars, uh, you know, the Tesla, a car that can drive itself without um, being handled, you know, it's all computerized. So, so my point is, us as human beings, it's very important for us to be open-minded. We might not agree to what's out there, but it's better to just understand it from other people's point of view or what's out there and study it. If, if something that you don't understand scares you, then maybe you need to study it. So that way it would not scare you. So my point is, me as a parent, I teach my kids to be open-minded because if they're open-minded in life, we're supposed to be learning every day. And if we're not, if we're not learning every day, then we're either at a standstill or we haven't grown as a person. So my point is teaching your kids to be open-minded will teach them how to find opportunities in life too whether it's work, whether it's solving a problem that they might have with their, you know, significant others, you know, once they're married or once they're in a relationship or even their families. So it's better to be, um, I think, open-minded. Not necessarily we have to, 
you know, do what other peoples are doing because if what they're doing is wrong, we don't have to be like them. We should know what's right and wrong and just do what's right, right? Okay. So let's go to the who. Who are better people to teach our kids to be empowered or to have self-esteem or confidence? It's actually us parents. You know what I mean? I don't think that the school or their friends should teach them this. We should teach them this. So I made a decision that I want to look for some kind of school out there that will have a philosophy of like the Montessori school. I actually researched it enough and compared it of what's out there. And I actually like the Montessori philosophy because the Montessori philosophy will teach kids how to be independent, life skills, how to make good choices or good decisions, and also how to be creative and, and for the child to not be stuck doing the same thing as the rest of the class when that child happens to be advanced. Because if you put a child that is advanced with the rest of the children that are just average, then you kind of held that advanced child back. So you want the child to, if you want the child to flourish, you want to support or encourage that child to keep moving forward. Because eventually, if you're going to hold that child back to be learning the same thing with the rest of the class, what's going to end up happening is that child who is advanced will get bored. And if that child gets bored, then she will, she or he will lose interest in school. And if that's the case, then there's no stimulation there anymore. You know, there's nothing to challenge that child anymore. And if there's no stimulation, what do you think happens? That child would like lose interest in school, would probably focus his or her, his or her attention on something else, right? So that's why for me, I picked a, you know, a school that will teach my children how to be creative, how to be able to learn how to reach their full potential. And it worked, you know, it worked for my two teenagers, you know, they're, um, I don't have to tell them to do their homework. They actually do their homework and they tell me, okay, mom, I can't help you in the kitchen today because I have homework to do. They're not only productive in their sports, they're also productive in their school. How do I measure this? Well, both of them are either 4.0 or 3.5. And I don't want to name who's who, you know, but my children who I don't have to um, scold or, or um, uh, have a headache of them making them do their homeworks because they actually do it on their own without me having to tell them, they keep their grades up between 3.5 to 375, or f my other one is a 4.0 student since kindergarten. That's how I know that this Montessori schooling that I have signed up my kids when they were younger actually worked. And no, they're not in it anymore because I wanted them to, or give them opportunity to see what it's like to be in a bigger school with bigger crowds, you know, I want them to be able to know how to socialize. So I have now put them in public school and they made, you know, good transitions. So anyways, going back to the who, I believe that teaching kids or, you know, empowering kids should start from us parents first, because this kind of um, responsibilities we shouldn't actually rely on the school to do it or their friends to teach them this. Okay, so, well, talking about that, now let's move on to 
how to empower the kids. Teaching them or empowering them is one thing. Now, how to empower them is another thing, okay? So let's go to how to empower them. For me, I, at a young age, give my children responsibilities. Because when you give children responsibilities, then they know what's expected of them. Then they know what I want them to do. And if they accomplish some things because they finished or they did their responsibilities, it boosts their morale. You know, if you give them encouragement to, or if you give them praises, you know, so that will boost their morale. And if you boost their morale, then they will feel, you know, good about themselves. And if they feel good about themselves, then they'll want to do more. They would want to tackle bigger things in life now or um, bigger things than what they just finish, you know, uh, tackling. So giving them responsibilities, it's very important. Another thing that um, we can do for them as far as empowering them is I already mentioned about encouragement, you know, like if they say, oh, I can I can't do this because I'm scared or because I'm not strong enough or because I've never done that before. Just give them encouragement, even though that you know that, hey, maybe this might not turn out the way they want it to be or you want it to be. Just make them believe that they can do it. And and who knows, maybe if if it actually, you know, if they actually did it then it will give them a different outlook in life, right? Like, for example, um, we did a hike this past weekend. We went to uh, Utah. My husband, you know, my husband and I went to Utah. And then I hiked with some of the people that, you know, or some friends in our industry. So it's actually a seven and a half, almost eight mile hike. Well, listening to, you know, hiking eight miles, it's really easy, but it's not that easy, really, because it's in Utah and, you know, the terrain, it's actually not that easy. We hike through the dirt, um, rocks, um, what else, sand. Oh my gosh, have you ever tried hiking or walking on sand? It's like tiring, you know what I mean? So imagine you're, you know, you have like a few miles of this. Then not only that, going through a steep trails of up and down. So in the beginning, I was like, okay, I'm, I'm usually good at walking and hiking, you know, seven miles, no big deal. I've done that when I went to um, hike the mountain in the Philippines. It's actually um, Mount Pinatubo. It used to be a volcano, but when it erupted, then it became dormant. So anyways, um, so to me, it's not that hard. But then once I got to walk on the sand and hiking going up, it, you know, it was a bit of a challenge because I'm like, wow, it takes a lot of energy to do this. So it's like, how do I do this? Well, I just have to like believe that I can do it because if I just give up now without trying, then I didn't really, you know, I, I, I didn't really accomplish anything because I gave up too soon. So I have to like talking to me and giving an encouragement to myself. You can do it, Mary, you can do it. And I was able to do it. As a matter of fact, we, we were all able to do it. And after we did it, I, for me, I don't know about the others. Maybe they might feel the same way as me. You know, I felt invigorated. I felt um, empowered. I felt like I just accomplished something that I never thought I would accomplish. So it gave me a little confidence. It gave me, you know, it boosted my self-esteem, right? So anyways, yeah, just saying you can do it sometimes is enough for someone to hear. And 
there's so many ways that you can empower your kids. This is just for me, how I empower my own kids. I usually give them voices to say what they need to say. And I let them know that I am hearing what they're saying. Now, make sure that you are actually hearing them, you know, because there's a difference between hearing versus listening. People, I don't know if you've heard about this. People said, okay, I am listening, but they're really not comprehending what the other person is saying. And when they're not comprehending, then then they are not validating the other person's, you know, uh, point of view. So that's why it's important And I'm just mentioning this, that you're actually hearing your kids and not just listening. You know, I mean, if you can do both, listen and hear, you know, hearing them, that really makes a big difference. And then when you talk to them, you know, have an open communication. Make sure that you let them know that you want them to be honest and truthful when they talk to you. So that way you can give them a good advice an accurate advice, not a wrong advice, because if they give you wrong information, obviously you're going by that wrong information. When you give advice, then you might end up giving the wrong advice. So it's very important. You need to let them know that they tell you the truth and they give you the right information or the facts. So you can give an effective, right advice. Okay. Another thing that you can make your um, children feel good about themselves are making sure that you have a productive conversation, productive conversation with them. Make sure you're not being judgy because if the kids know that you are being judgy or, you know, you're judging them, then they wouldn't open up to you. Also, it's important to involve them in family decisions, especially if it's concerning them because if they if if you are making decisions for them that means they're not going to welcome it the kids eventually especially 14 years old and up once they get to that age you know something about it something special happens they want to be involved in what's happening in the world you know they want to have control of their lives they want to do things themselves They want to be making decisions that will concern them for themselves. So it's important that you involve them because if you don't, then you're basically um, not empowering them. And this will make them um, feel, let's see, and what do you call this? I wouldn't say inefficient, but um, maybe insecure. Maybe that's the right word I'm looking for. You know, it will give them insecurities, you know, and you don't want to do that to your kids. If anything, you want to do the opposite. You know, you want them to be secure so that way they can make good and, you know, wise choices in life. Now, when I talk to my kids, I also make sure that they understand that I am a person that is approachable. Because if I am not approachable and I intimidate them, then they will not come to me as far as advice or as far as asking for my help. So make sure that you are approachable. It's also important, I believe, that we should discipline our children. Um, I know that... You know, everyone said, oh, yeah, we're going to discipline our kids because it's important. But do you really discipline your kids? You know, that's the question. Saying it and actually doing it are two different things. For me, I actually do discipline my kids. And I am very consistent when it comes to disciplining them. I actually give them the tough love. And they appreciate that more, you know, because they know that, hey, mom is serious. They know when I am you know, kidding around and they know when they need to take me seriously because they, you know, I, I, I show them. So I want them to understand that, look, when it comes to business, it's business. But when it comes to joking around and goofing around, I can be like that too. I can be their friends that can do that with them. So it's, it's important to discipline them, but it's also as important that when you're disciplining them, you're telling them why you're doing it. 
Because if you're not telling them why you're doing it, then they don't understand why you're doing it. They're going to resent you. You know, they're going to like think that you're a mean parent or you're being unreasonable. And believe me, kids are smart. They can put two and two together and, you know, arrive with an answer. So it's always, always good to explain things to them. So that way they can understand, you know, like, for example, hey, I don't want you to drive fast, you know, on the freeway or anywhere else or don't be a reckless driver. If you're going to say something like that, you better back it up by why, you know, and you make them understand that, hey, if you do this, you might get into an accident. You're either going to hurt yourself or kill yourself or someone else. So you don't want to do that. Because even with that, let's just say you survived the accident. So you just have to make sure you're explaining it well to them. So that way they will embrace this disciplining. Um, It's also important to treat all your kids with respect, equality, love, and fairness. The reason why I said this, and I'm big on this, is because it's... In the Filipino culture, now remember, I'm both, okay? But I know the Filipino culture because my mom's Filipino. So in the Filipino culture, somehow they like to do favoritism in the family. If you do favoritism in the family, and let's say you have three kids or you have two kids, the other kids that you're not favoring or you're not you're not favorite of, it's going to resent you. Now, if that kid resents you, then it's going to be hard for you to get through to that kid when that kid is acting up and doing, you know, unproductive stuff or bad things. How are you going to be able to um, get through to them or talk to them for for them to understand you or to respect you if you yourself doesn't even respect them enough to treat them equally with the rest of the people in the house. So it's important that there's no favoritism amongst your kids, as well as it's important to treat them uh, with respect and all your kids to be equal. Now, I think teaching life skills is not enough anymore. You know, I mean, we need to actually teach our kids that will give them something to be proud of. And when I said this is because this is how you're going to, you know, motivate. You have to understand each child and motivate them in different ways because one kid could be different than the other. So that means you have to figure out what motivates that one person compared to the other, right? In order for you to be effective. Now, giving them something to be proud of will give them confidence as well as self-esteem. When I said that, it's like, for example, um, I have um, an older kid that I talked to and said, hey, you need to help out your younger sibling and you need to do the right thing because that younger sibling is watching you. So you now is supposed to be a role model to your younger sibling. If you're doing something wrong and bad, then your younger sibling will take that in and think that's okay. So as much as possible, you want to be a role model to your younger sibling. Because if not, then, well, guess what? There's, there's going to be um, uh, fighting in the house because that younger kid would not have any respect to the older ones. So, so... When you uh, tell your kids to do something that they can be proud of, then you're empowering them to make a difference in other people's lives. And when they uh, feel good about themselves, then they are more willing to do more good out there for other people because they know what it feels like and, you know, inside when they feel good. So that leads me to us parents also being a role models to our children. We have to set an example for them. When I said set an example, set a good example. You know, we have to make sure that we are teaching them what's right and wrong, you know, what's right and wrong, as well as teach them accountability, you know, being honest, being truthful, 
having compassion toward others, um, making sure that they're secure, that they will not, um, um, what do you call this, cave in to peer pressure. Because believe it or not, it starts in elementary to high school, probably college, or maybe, you know, sometimes adulthood, that there's always going to be peer pressure out there. You need to teach your kids to not cave in to peer pressure, that they should have their own independent way of thinking and arriving to the right answer. Also, it's very important that there's no double standard in the household. When I say double standard is that you can't have one set of rules for yourself because you're the parent and then have another set of rules for your kids. Because if they're seeing this happening in their household, then as kids, they were going to, you know, they will start thinking, wait a minute, if mom and dad did this, why can't I do it? I've seen them do this. So you need to make sure that there is no double standards. Make sure that if you have rules in the house, that the rules apply to everyone. It applied to mom and the dad and the kids. You know, we have to set a good example to our children because if we don't, then they are not going to be solid as far as security and, you know, self-esteem and their confidence. Now, most importantly, I usually like to teach my kids to have integrity because a person's character is measured by their integrity. If we don't have integrity, then we wouldn't be able to lead people we wouldn't be able to convince people. We wouldn't be able to um, have people trust us. Because if we cannot have people trust us, then <laughs> it's going to be one of those things that you're trying to convince people to do something or to follow you. You're not going to be as effective. So it's important to have integrity. Now, here's the thing, okay? Th when I said all this stuff leading by example, we have, to, remember, I said something that we need to apply this to everyone in the household. And what that means is that my in my household, I have applied these rules to my mother too. Now, going back to this, my mother, when I was growing up, she didn't want us to lie. She didn't want us to, um, you know, uh, she wants us to be truthful. But then as I was growing up, I realized that my mom would also lie. So I was like, wait a minute, how come I got spanked or I got beat if I lied about something or if she thinks that I'm lying about something, she, sometimes she won't even listen to my explanation, which is really frustrating on my end when I was a kid, you know, because I felt like I wasn't hurt. I felt like I think she could have been a better parent. But you know what? When you were a kid, and especially in the Filipino culture, you're not supposed to talk back to your elders. So I didn't question it. As I got older, I started questioning it. And at some point, I had to confront my mom because I caught her lying to me. And I said, Mom, how come you lied to me? And my mom responded, well, everybody lies. Who do you know that doesn't lie? And I said, Mom, listen, I know there are people out there that lies, you know, it's called white lies. But to me, people who use the white lies are for people that's basically trying to avoid um, what they call this conflict or trying to prevent conflict. But if you lied uh, purposely to your advantage, I look at that as being malicious. It's almost like premeditated. That means you put some thought into it that you're going to lie so you can, you know, you know, you can lie to your advantage, then, then it's not good. So I had, you know, I don't want that around me because I told my mom, you can't be a hypocrite. You can't like preach about not lying, you know, and be honest and truthful when you yourself had lied. So I told my mom, I can't tolerate that or I can't condone that. 
And I want to make sure that she understood that and that my kids understood that because if I tolerated it and she's around my kids, then my kids will see this and would be confused. They're going to be confused enough that, wait a minute, why can't we lie but the adults can? So that's a no-no in my definition or in my, you know, my philosophy. So for me, it's really important to, you know, set a good example to the younger generation, because if we're teaching them to do the right thing and to be accountable, honest, truthful, etc., then we need to also show them that we are doing it because if we are not doing it, that means we are not convincing to them. We don't have a valid point of teaching them stuff if we ourselves as adults can't even do it or as adults tolerate it from others. So folks, this is my, you know, two cents. (laughs) I hope you enjoyed it. I know it's long. Originally, I planned to do this only for 30 minutes, but now it's an hour. Sorry, hopefully you guys learned something from this episode of my podcast. And until next time, I will see you guys in two weeks. Don't forget to follow me.